0: Just a quick note, this episode does touch on some rather sensitive matters regarding certain people in red, if there are young ears listening, it might be a good time to pause. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell them
1: that instead of Christmas this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright... Won't you guide my sleigh tonight?
0: It must be magic.
1: I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming.
0: Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about?
2: True Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about.
0: Seeing isn't believing, believing is singing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
1: Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. Even in January, when none of us really can <laughs> stand those words coming out of our mouths, especially when we get to the countdown at the end of the episode. Um, I'm Julia.
2: I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. And I loved your little bit of jujitsu to avoid saying 366 days per year. You just said all year. Oh, I am
1: not doing that. I am categorically refusing to admit that there is an extra day in this year calendar.
0: I am not uh, looking forward to 2020, y'all. I'm not going to lie.
1: Just in general? Hawaii.
0: I think it's going to be a very contentious dark year. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, probably. But I'm not letting that stop me from wearing my awesome pajamas that I ordered we got. I ordered matching pajamas for our whole family. Uh, Christine made fun of me and about it, and then they came in and I learned that I had ordered Lauren Conrad pajamas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> question. Question. Does yes. Lauren Conrad make men's pajamas?
0: She does. This is. Oh, she family, does. Okay. <laughs> these are family pajamas. So this is the men's. Christine has the women's. The women's have buttons here. And gotcha. we have okay. the kid ones.
1: I did not know. So, how made... was your
0: Christmases, guys? We haven't <laughs> talked since before Christmas.
2: How oh, that's it? weird. That's weird. It, it felt like We've a long time a since we talked. Yeah. It, it does. It did.
1: I had a good Christmas. All the kids stuff was all fun. And the weather was terrible here in Tulsa. It was, it was 65, awful. 70 degrees on Christmas Day, which was awful. awful. Um, uh, But it was good. It was a good Christmas. What about you guys?
0: We had the plague in Casa de Crow, but it was still a great Christmas. We all... Uh, we spent time together with family it was magical i have to tell you all about ellie i feel like she's a little advanced when it comes to christmas and she's already like we're not telling her about santa but just it's impossible to avoid in the culture right so christine was putting her down to to bed and uh, uh i had to go to church and ellie keeps waking up and she tells christine that she's going to it doesn't matter if she's asleep or not as long as she's pretending santa won't know the difference And she's going to get up and she's going to catch Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Then on Christmas morning, she's asking why Santa's gifts. We didn't say they were Santa. We just had some unwrapped gifts out for her, like her scooter and uh, uh, an Olaf that's bigger than she is. She (laughs) assumed they were from Santa, which we did not say they were. And she wanted to know why they had tags and why Santa needs tags on toys if he's making them. Good question. Uh, It's a very good question. I was a little taken aback. I'm like, I don't know how to answer this, almost four-year-old Ellie. <laughs> how did you answer it? Um, I said, hey, look, here's a shiny thing for you, Ellie. <laughs> 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 I pulled, we, pulled, we pulled the up. Hey, look, squirrel. There you go. So you had process? mentioned oh. –
1: You'd mentioned if you, wait, let me ask you this before we move on. You'd mentioned taking Ellie Christmas shopping for Christine and letting Ellie pick out what she was buying for Christine. <laughs> Dying to know what she got for her.
2: Yeah, I am too.
1: Tom has left the screen. He's getting
2: yes, a Dead present. <laughs>
1: oh, magnificent. That is a white
0: porcelain cat. With like fluorescent Lovely green eyes. Green and eyes. And a broken ear but it's what mama really wanted. Oh, was that Christine's
1: favorite present?
0: <laughs> it is, Christine says it's perfect and she loves it. We got it at Retro Den. Um, but then Christine took Ellie to Target for me and um, a sweet, really happy dad moment here. She asked Ellie, well, what does daddy like to do? And she says, well, daddy likes to play games with me. Let's get a game that daddy can play with me. And she got oh. Candyland and gave it to me for Christmas. Aww. oh
1: i love candyland that's a great pick
0: me too and then the, um...
2: do you remember that rumor was going around about candyland that peter jackson was going to direct a trilogy of films about that board game what <laughs> i do not that was, that was from a few years back obviously it never panned out but that was big for a while that he was like adapting that for the big screen oh i
0: don't know gosh. how you would
2: do that up oh, look i got a red dot let's jump ahead three spaces I think well, it'd be the
1: lands, him. like the sugar. I have
2: seen too. that.
0: Have you played it? I have not. Is it fun? I don't know yet. I, I got it. I haven't played it yet. I just saw awesome. it as sweet. I got four Funko Pops.
2: <laughs> For those who, since this is oh, not a visual medium,
0: do you want to tell our listeners what it that the, actually uh, is? The Funkoverse Harry Potter strategy game. That's is it too. like
1: strategy strategy? Yeah. Like the game strategy, with just with Funko?
0: I think so. I don't know. I haven't actually opened it yet. Um, but I will say, we went to Target today and everything mm-hmm. is 90% off for Christmas. Sweet. Um, the only Harry Potter ornaments they had left were Ron Weasley and Voldemort. <laughs> I else got that. oh, that's sad. <laughs> and
2: Anthony, the how was your Christmas? Very laid back. Everyone was sick. Like oh, family gosh. was sick. So, like, people who hosted were sick. So, like, we woke up. We opened gifts here, escaped with Sarah's parents for a bit. They ran to my parents' house and opened gifts. And then everyone was just too sick. So we just came home, me and Sarah, and binge Netflix.
1: Oh my god! What did you
2: binge? <laughs> season two of Lost in Space.
0: Okay.
2: I love that show. Which was awesome. For those the of first you who season was know, awesome. Yeah, it was. This one was even more awesome. I'm excited. I freaking love Parker Posey in that show,
0: man. She's my favorite. <laughs> we, we've talked about The House of Yes before, right? Have any of you watched it yet? No. Uh-uh. You need to watch it. Have we Parker talked Posey about it movie.
1: before?
0: I thought so. Have I told you all about it? I don't think so. So Parker Posey <laughs> is in this movie where she called The House of Yes. And the whole movie plays very much like a play, but she is in an incestuous relationship with her brother and obsessed with Jackie O. Did we talk about this when we talked I about feel like season one of Lost in Space? Because that sounds familiar. I feel like we did talk about this. Yeah. Speaking of Netflix, who is watching The Witcher? I hated it.
2: Why?
0: I, I
2: <laughs> love those games. Oh, you hurt him so ga- bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tom. I love those games. And I was really looking forward to that show. I thought the trailer looked magnificent. And I like Henry Cavill. But oh, I, it was it was awful. The writing was bad. The acting was bad. The effects. I were love bad. it. I love I'm it. So sorry. I'm glad. The high I'm monitor.
1: Tom makes you look like like a little and sad <laughs> right so now. Sad if you had I'm the low sad. monitor, you would look like angry because you'd be I'm looking sad. down. But now you're like,
0: what? I was I was looking forward to talking about The Witcher. No, I I love it. I apologize. <laughs> oh i was gonna say real quick did y'all see though that the witcher has had more people download it and watch it now than mandalorian what really I did not say that yep okay i got something else to say when we pause happens when we don't talk to each other for like two weeks and christmas happens in the meantime and christmas you know, right. and
2: one New last Year's. for our listeners are recording on january 1st by the way first day and of today was a
1: great day I usually don't care a rip about January first, but can I brag a little bit? Proud mom. Moment. I would love
2: it if you would. Yes.
1: My daughter Hannah was on TV today because she was marching in the 131st Rose Parade. That's awesome. Julia. In Pasadena, California.
2: I would have loved I known.
1: She was on the Hallmark Channel because they broadcasted uh, footage, and she actually like they had a camera you- guy like right by her.
2: Can you arrange for her to come on the show for an interview about being on the There is no way that's happening. (laughs) I can tell you right now. Nope, no way. (laughs) So pretty
1: excited. thought though. Yeah. So I'm missing her hardcore because she's been gone since last Saturday. And I've never been away from my girl this long before. I told her I couldn't even bear to go into Sprouts because that's like our thing on Saturdays. Like I just can't go to Sprouts without you, so... She she so, so home sweet.
2: tomorrow? So today was the first day all Christmas vacation. I slept in. I've been getting up wow. 6 o'clock the past two weeks. So I've been squeezing in like all my stuff. So oh, much to stuff. do.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. all your books and shows and movies and. Mm-hmm. I don't even know.
2: Speaking <laughs> uh, of books, I really Little Women. Like... We have to cover. By the way, it is a Christmas <sighs> when movie. On, when it comes on Blu-ray or digital or whatever.
1: Oh, I want to see it. Was it so good?
2: It was so good.
0: Oh,
1: the original one. Well, like the original one, the Winona Ryder one was on TV when I was feverish one night. And you know how, like, like when you cry, you sort of feel almost like you have a fever, like your face gets all hot and all that stuff. Like when you cry. But like mm-hmm. that night, that night, I actually had a fever <laughs> crying because that movie makes me cry like a total baby. And I was like, this is like double double duty. Marty walked in and he's like, "What's happening?" And I'm like, "Little women's on, just leave." I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so excited to see the new one.
0: I, I am saw too.
1: Frozen Two over the break, <clears throat> and
0: so good.
1: It's it's really good. The songs aren't as catchy, kind of like y'all said. Although I've listened to the soundtrack over and over again since then, and they're still not on Frozen One catchy level. But I. Love Lost in the Woods.
2: Wasn't that the, the best song? Ballad. It yeah. makes me
1: so happy. And Olaf in it is like my favorite Olaf ever. My favorite scene him-
2: was him reenacting the first movie for all the people. <clears throat> oh, my and gosh. the And Arendelle's guard was like super into it. Like, no. He- <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> it was so good.
1: And then the post credit scene, did y'all stay for the post credit scene? Yep. Yep. Oh, man. So good. And then I saw last night, Ethan and I went out and we saw The last, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. So where it's did been you a like good movie. I love it. I loved it.
0: I keep hearing all of, like, there's all this negative stuff about it, but everybody I talk to likes it.
1: So here's where I fall on the scale. I feel like people that really, 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 really love Star Wars because they like the history of it. And they like to read the books and they like dig into the details of all the movies are potentially disappointed by this movie because I think those people set themselves up for a really bad situation because it's like, no way will you be able to satisfactorily end this era, right? Like, because it won't be perfect because this is a a perfect movie. But me, I'm entertained by the Star Wars movies. I've loved all of them. I mean, except for the first three because they were utter crap. But there were even moments that I really liked in the first three. Like one, two, three, not four, five, six. Um, So for me, it was, it gave me all the things I needed to have a happy closure moment, except for one thing, but that's just me.
0: Okay. So as we're talking about all these movies, do you know what movie I watched? What movie? I watched the movie that is from 1946, 1957, (laughs) called It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I edited that. I don't care about that. The first thing I saw when I saw it was 1957 and I was going to comment and then I saw somebody else did. I'm like, ah, we'll leave it.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Never a chance missed.
0: Nope. All right. So it's a
1: wonderful life. Like Tom said, 1946, it's a Frank Capra movie. And I'm going to run down a quick, I'm going to run down a plot synopsis for a movie for those of you who have not seen it, which I'm thinking is probably a minority because this movie's been out one for quite some time, and two is talked about fairly often this time of year. And just but, judging from
2: all the feedback we got for this movie,
1: <laughs> this is a movie most people have heard of. <laughs> uh, George Bailey has spent his entire life giving of himself to the people of Bedford Falls. He's always longed to travel, but never had the opportunity in order to prevent rich skinflint Mr. Potter from taking over the entire town. All that prevents him from doing so is George's modest building and loan company, which was founded by his generous father. But on Christmas Eve, George's uncle Billy loses the business's $8,000 while intending to deposit it in the bank. Potter finds the misplaced money and hides it from Billy. When the bank examiner discovers the shortage later that night, George realizes that he will be held responsible and sent to jail and the company will collapse, finally allowing Potter to take over the town. Thinking of his wife, their young children, and others he loves will be better off with him dead, he contemplates suicide, but the prayers of his loved ones result in a gentle angel named Clarence coming to earth to help George with the promise of earning his wings.
0: Um, so while funny. Anthony said that everybody has seen this movie, I am going to say that I had never seen it in its entirety, apparently.
1: Did you think you'd seen it in its entirety, but then you
0: realized ass- you didn't? I assumed I had. And then I started and I'm like, wait, nope, never seen this. Wait, what's this? Uh, did you watch yeah. it in black and white or color? Color. Black and white. I did color too.
1: Yeah, I love the color
0: one. Was the color one on Amazon? Yes. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I watched okay. it on Amazon. It was color.
0: Well, then, El- then Christine and I are going to have to go back because we were discussing what color things would have been had it not been Ooh, in black and white. It's a fun game. We disagreed on Mary's dress when George went to our house. I thought it was blue. Christine thought it was yellow. Well, there you go. It was blue. Was it really? It was.
2: Go rub it in your sick wife's face that you were right, Tom. I know you I can see see on your face you want to. (laughs) No. I'm not gonna go be mean to my wife.
1: Anthony, what's your history with this movie?
2: So I don't remember Christmas without this film. It's one I do return to every year, despite the fact I don't like this film at all. It's a film that I want to like. I get I can view I can see it's a good film. It's just not a film that's for me. And it is 120% not a Christmas film. And I will argue that till I'm blue in the face. Could have taken place on New Year's, his birthday, any day of the year. But I own it. I want to like it. <laughs> but I don't. I really I really I, I really don't. Though, fun fact, J.K. Rowling got the name Potter from this movie. And Elizabeth Warren named her dog Bailey after this movie. So, there you go.
1: So, two very strong, important women in your life do like this movie quite I know. It
2: it makes me question both of their judgments,
0: but. (sighs) (sighs) Tom, what's your history? um, I thought I had seen it, but I hadn't. Um, And while we're talking, I just want to say, I really want to like Anthony. I keep crying, <laughs> And then he says really dumb things
2: <laughs> oh, like Tom. he doesn't like
0: this movie. Um, Tom, Tom, I watched Tom. it for the first time in its entirety with Christine and we both stinking love this movie. We love it.
1: So I don't remember a time without this movie. I'm not going to say a Christmas without this movie. I've had plenty of Christmases without this movie. Um, But being my mother's daughter, and also my dad, because he actually does like um, Jimmy Stewart, um, I've I've always known this movie, and I remember all the parts, and I love this movie. It gives me all the feels. Um, It fits right in there with all of the classic movies that my mom and I used to watch and love so much. Um, So this one was fun for me to watch. I remembered all of it. It was interesting this time. I've never sat down and watched it thinking, is this a Christmas movie or not? And I've never felt like it was a Christmas movie. I don't remember ever watching it at Christmas time. Um, I don't think this is a Christmas movie personally. I think it's a movie set at Christmas. And what's really funny is my mom came over for our Cheatham Christmas today. And I told her, guess what I watched last night? And so we schmoozed over it because we both love it. And I was like, it's not a Christmas movie though. She's like, no people think this is a Christmas movie? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, huh, I never thought about that. It does have a Christmas tree. So it's kind of a funny line of talking and need to get my mom's
2: input. So this movie as well is one that is always talked about every few years. Hollywood puts it into development to remake it and then something happens where they stop remaking it. Thank it's God like for that. it's it's like God it doesn't want them to, which I'm no. fine with because this is one movie that should not be touched, and I'll stick up for it on that front. But yeah. this, there is constant talk in Hollywood of remaking this one. This comes up more than any other movie. I actually read that in an article today. This and the Breakfast Club. Who would remake should not the be Breakfast remade. Club? Hollywood want those big bucks. Got to rely on reliable brands because there's no new ideas anymore. <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's run through the cast and credits on this movie. Frank Capra directed this movie. Little name you may or may not have heard of. I would imagine you've probably heard of it. Um, He's known for a lot of really good, really old movies. Um, Not just this one, It's a Wonderful Life, but you may or may not have heard of. It happened one night with Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Um, Mr. Deeds goes to town. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Um, him and Jimmy Stewart were buddies. They they had a few collaborations together.
0: Did he do It's a Wonderful World as well, or was that somebody else?
1: I don't see it in his credits, so I'm going to say no. He also did Arsenic and Old Lace. I love that movie as well.
2: My favorite is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington.
1: Yes. Um, he is big enough and has such a style as to now have a term for a way a movie looks and feels, and it's Capra esque, um, you hear that a lot of times. So, he's an icon. Yes. Writing credits for this movie go to Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett. So Francis Goodrich has again a lot of good stuff to his name. My favorite thing on his list is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers because I really, really, really love that movie. Um, an epic movie. Also. Um, Frank
0: Capra
2: also contributed to the screenplay too. And it was based on a book or a short story. All right. The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Doren Stern. Hmm.
1: Goodrich and Hackett were a writing team. So a lot of their credits are similar since they seem to work together for most of their movies. You don't see writing teams as much anymore, do you? Um, I mean, there's some like the Coen brothers, but like...
2: There's the Coen brothers, uh, the guys who did a bunch of Marvel movies. It is Civil War and the Infinity War right. and endgame. And then um, they do a lot of comedy movies, and they wrote a lot of episodes of Parks and Rec in the Office, Gene Stupinski, and Lee something. Okay. But those it's are the man. three big teams I'm familiar with.
0: But it's not really as common as it used to be.
2: Uh, nope. And we should also mention Friends, Marta Kaufman and what's yes. her name? And Seinfeld, Larry Dave and Jerry Seinfeld wrote a bunch of that. And right. They still do a lot That's of stuff together.
1: Yep. So that brings us to the cast of this movie. In our starring role, the most visible face we've got in this movie that everybody attributes to, it's James Stewart. He plays George Bailey, our main guy. Um, He's done like one or two things.
0: (laughs) What does James Stewart mean?
1: So (laughs) he's known for- I've
0: always known him as Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart.
1: Yeah. I think most people probably do. Uh, So Mr. Smith goes to Washington, the shop around the corner, the Philadelphia story. Love that one. Um, The
2: Rear rear Window, which I
1: I
0: love that movie. Vertigo. Vertigo. Vertigo, Harvey. I was going to say, you're missing his his best movie ever, which is by far Harvey. Harvey. No contest. (laughs) That's one of the best movies ever made.
1: Um,
0: you don't like Harvey
2: that's in- a joke the May- it's a joke. I
1: love Harvey <laughs> were you worried for a second
0: I think Anthony's gonna put me on blood pressure medicine here y'all
1: oh no <laughs> um, what's y'all's favorite Jimmy Stewart we know that Tom's is Harvey but Anthony what's your favorite Jimmy Stewart
0: uh,
2: rear window oh, or, ver- or rear vertigo vertigo is a Who close second that? sorry
0: those are really good there's just a dramatically different feel than Harvey <laughs> yes there's just something about that innocence and that – I don't know. He's just – hes in ama- Harvey, he's amazing, just somebody you want to love. What's yours, Julia? Rear Window is my favorite.
1: Awesome. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, actually.
2: That's definitely in my top tier of all time. I love that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Playing Jimmy Stewart's better half in the movie is Mary uh, – playing Mary Hatch. Jimmy Stewart's better half is Donna Reed. She's also been known—I don't know—for a few things. <laughs> Donna Reed is probably most known for the Donna Reed Donna show. Reed show.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was
1: also in Dallas for a bit. Um, she was in From Here to Eternity, so she, her career also lasted for a good long while. Because I mean, Dallas is in the '80s, so Do y'all like Donna Reed in general.
2: I like the Donna Reed show.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like Donna it's all Reed? Right.
2: Yeah, no, I'm. I, yeah, that was my like. I yeah, I like her and her show. <laughs> Do you like her in this movie?
0: She is definitely his better half. Did y'all did y'all see her in? She was in the picture of Dorian Gray. I don't know if I saw that one. one of my favorite plays of all times. But uh,
2: who is she? I, the, I the love the stories.
0: One of my favorite stories. I mean, of all time, she played Gladys It's from like 1945. I watched it in high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: After reading the picture of Dorian Gray. That makes sense. Did you mm.
2: watch Penny Dreadful on Showtime?
0: Uh, I watched part of it. I, liked the I lost interest. Was introduced. I don't think I made it that far.
1: Um, playing our anti-hero, Mr. Potter, is Lionel Barrymore of the Barrymore Barrymores. Um, so he's – what is he? Drew's great-great-great-great-granddad? Granddad? Great-granddad? Great granddad? <laughs> The long Barrymore dynasty of actors. Um, he's our bad guy, and I don't know much of the other stuff. Like, I didn't recognize him as a Barrymore when I saw the movie. Um, so I don't know if he plays bad guys regularly, but he's definitely got a bad guy face.
2: He has been – he played Scrooge annually for the last two decades of his life on TV in a Christmas Carol. That? that seems
1: to fit pretty
2: well. And it looks
1: like he passed away in – Gosh, 1954. <laughs> yeah. he was born in 1878.
2: <laughs> so, for so <laughs> context, he passed away a year before our last film we covered, White Christmas, was even released. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy.
1: Two more names to note. Um, playing Uncle Billy, which is the one that loses the money, is Thomas Mitchell. Um, his face is extremely recognizable to me, probably because he was in Gone with the Wind. And mm-hmm. I love Gone mm-hmm. with the Wind. Um, he was also in Mr. Smith goes to Washington and a lot of other old good stuff. He makes me smile. Um, and then last person to note is Henry Travers, who is Clarence in this movie. He's our angel. Um, he doesn't get a ton of screen time, but the screen time he gets is the stuff that's mostly played in snippets of this movie, right? If you catch a Christmas montage or whatever, um, he's known for The Invisible Man, Mrs. Miniver, Shadow of a Doubt, this movie, um, and he passed away in
2: 1965. He, um, Older my, he's my favorite character in this film.
1: Is Clarence your favorite?
2: Clarence is, but I like him as an actor. I think there's something very endearing about him. And he was not creepy at all, like the one magic Christmas angel. That is true. <laughs> that guy was creepy. The guy was creepy.
1: hot. Oh
2: <laughs> nasty,
1: okay, so our story is pretty much like the synopsis said, right we've got George Bailey, he has the beginning of the movie he's he's fresh and excited about the world, right He wants to travel, he wants to get out of this town, he wants to get out of New Bedford, and while he respects his father for all that his father has done, because you can tell right there's no disdain for his father but there is a disdain for like the fact that his father is stuck or he perceives him to be stuck in this town doing this thing. So he's excited to get out and he ends up, one reason or another, clue, It's he ends up because his dad has a stroke, um, taking over for the family business. Um, and His dad turn, died, right?
0: Had the stroke and then died, right?
1: And then died, right. So he in turn sticks around. George Bailey inherits the company from his dad because everybody that works at the company knows that George Bailey is as good a man as his father, maybe even better, and will hold the interests of this company in mind, which pretty much for the purpose of this movie is keeping it away from Mr. Potter because Mr. Potter owns everything else in town and he's this terrible person. He has people living in these terrible shacks for a high rent. And basically George Bailey's, you know, land and whatever is is places heavy importance on people owning their own houses.
2: So and- did you know that the set for Bedford Falls was actually constructed over four acres? They built the whole town full on stores,
0: not just fronts.
2: Oh my gosh. It, and is it was also the longest sets that have ever
0: been made for an American movie. It's also the namesake of the uh, Christmas house, you know, the Christmas Village House Company, Bedford Falls. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go.
2: That makes sense. I didn't know that.
1: In the meantime of staying around Bedford Falls, he also falls in love with Donna Reed's character, Mary Hatch. And we see lots of good flashback. I mean, most of this movie, is, 80% of this movie is a gigantic flashback. And it's told... As a way to get Clarence up to speed. So our very first scene, we're in the heavens and there are these two galaxies talking to each other. And I always <laughs> did not like this part of the movie. I thought it was just dumb.
0: But, why would the why would they be galaxies talking? I don't know, if but they the are. the galaxies were, changing, I, I, uh, were flashing like that, we would sort of notice it in the sky.
1: So the talking galaxies. So basically you have God talking to... Not Clarence, but maybe probably like a high-ranking Joseph? angel or something like that. Joseph, I figure he's a high-ranking angel, right? I mean, I'm. I don't know
0: who or what he is.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I have always <laughs> perceived it to be like chief angel that's in charge of like the new giving them
0: the wings. Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Grant so
0: also, also a really stupid storyline that I find obnoxious. Oh, uh, that's yeah. my
2: favorite storyline in this freaking film. It's the best line from this movie too. So
0: no one the in the Bible movie. does it say that people have, that angels have two wings. Actually, the, uh, only example, the only answer we get about angel wings are the seraphim, which are six-winged and many-eyed.
2: Yeah. Which sounds well, you know what? Still Clarence. my favorite part of this film. Hence, my Clarence is my favorite character.
1: <laughs> so the whole movie is a flashback. It's, it's the Joseph or the God character trying to fill Clarence in, right? Basically saying, look, there's this guy. He's suicidal. You need to go help him. But in order to help him, you need all the information. So here's all the information. And then the movie starts. So Jimmy Stewart or George Bailey and Mary get married. They do have this wonderful love story that gets me every time.
2: I mean the like, love story is iconic, right? The scene where he's like, Do you want the moon? Like everyone knows that scene, even if they don't haven't seen this movie.
1: Right. So well it's that scene. It's the times are tough, right? So when he, when they use their wedding money to bail everybody out, when everything goes to the crapper, it's that love scene when he comes home and she's totally set this ramshackle house up as a destination, quote unquote, it's that scene. Like their whole, it's when they were kids even, and she's sitting there eating ice cream and he's this precious little boy that I always thought was so super cute, right? Um, It's all of it. Their chemistry was they had really good chemistry for me in this movie
2: And Jimmy Stewart to be convinced To take this role By really? um, Uncle Billy I think that I think it was Uncle Billy Because oh. uh, he just returned from World War II and he wasn't sure whether he was up For acting after just returning from the war
0: <laughs> Really? Wow mm-hmm. huh, That makes a lot more Marian- sense Considering the fact this movie came out in the 40s And not the 50s mm-hmm. Yes, yes it does
1: Um <laughs> So George and Mary are married. They have four kids by this point. Um, George is doing his thing at his business. And you can still tell he's got that wanderlust. He really wants to still travel, but he gets that he has responsibilities. It always, you can tell that it is always this thorn in his side a little bit, right? Like he loves his wife and he loves his kids and he loves being helpful to the community. He loves helping people, but he's still he's missing something right Mm -hmm. this makes him a very relatable character i liked you this made him not one-dimensional it rounded him out very well that he's not this perfect character even though you really like him because he's such a good guy um so as the synopsis said uncle billy loses eight grand which if you think about what eight grand was back then that's like that's like yeah. all the monies. That's a lot of money. Well, I mean, and just put
0: perspective, he later on the, the movie when uh, George is offered a job, 20000 a year is like he would have the biggest house and be the richest person in town.
1: Right. And that so was when Potter eight, offered him a job, right? $8,000
0: yep.
2: back then was $105,521.23. So you're talking six figures <sighs> he lost. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, so Uncle Billy loses the money, feels terrible about it. George Bailey realizes he's in some trouble, right? Holy cow, yeah. wait.
0: So that means that when he's offered a job, he's offered $260,000 a year? <laughs> yeah. Good night. Sorry. And he turned I it down. Sorry, sorry.
1: No, it's an important plot point. So Mr. Potter at one point offered George Bailey a job to work for him for lots of money, lots and lots and lots of money, 200 and something nowadays, annual salary, lots of money. And things are tight around the Bailey house because he gives as much as he gets. He just does. They run on a tight ship, um, which is exactly how his dad was. And so he's momentarily interested, right? In life being easier, whatever that means. But then it doesn't take very long for him to realize, you know, he shook his hand. He shook Potter's hand, said he need to talk to Uh his wife about it. And then he realized upon shaking Potter's hand, like, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's not worth it. And it's not worth compromising my morals. So he turned him down. He turned all that money down to keep doing what he's doing. So he's a good guy. He's a real good guy. Um, But in the pits, George Bailey starts to wonder if he's more valuable dead than he is alive. He's got a life insurance thing on him. Um, does he, he even really matter? Is. Right. I mean, totally would be worth it more than alive. <laughs> they don't say that in the movie though. Um, so he really starts to question everything, right? Um, does he matter? Would it even matter if there was never a George Bailey? And this is where Clarence comes in. So Clarence, our angel jumps into the water that George Bailey is looking at jumping into. And so George Bailey being George Bailey jumps off the bridge, saves Clarence. And as they are drying out in the little like watchman tower shed starts to say to Clarence, like, you know, what if there never was a George Bailey? So Clarence decides to give him that. He gives him a glimpse. We've talked about glimpses before, notably in Family Man. We talked about a glimpse. It is In three days. Retelling. Yep. In three days. That's right. I don't like that one.
2: Um. so carol doesn't get so much as a glimpse but he does a whole past thing that which one
0: would you say
1: like in a christmas carol he gets a glimpse
0: okay it cut out sorry yeah
1: right so we've definitely talked about this plot twist this plot device um So the last 30 minutes, it's really just about 30 minutes of this two and a half hour movie is devoted to George seeing what life would be like if there was no George Bailey. Um, Clarence walks him through the town, which is now no longer New Bedford, it's Potterville because Potter's taken over because there was no George Bailey to stop it. He sees that his, the people he helped, like the martinis that he helped get a bar and helped you know, get him a house and it made him successful. It doesn't exist anymore.
2: I did not like that his wife was a spinster without him.
1: That seems right for the times though.
2: I, mean, I think that's she obviously... would have found another person.
1: Well, but then it, the, the, it discounts the true love aspect of their relationship.
2: Lots yeah. of they were things for back then other. though <laughs> were not necessarily true love so much as, oh, we have to get married because it's expected of us. So I don't see her necessarily. I would have preferred they showed her in an unhappy marriage than a spinster. Uh, then a spinster.
1: Yeah. Then that could have worked too. We see Mary and she's a spinster. And so that really it bums him out also. Um it's the guy at the drugstore is a total raving drunk because George Bailey's character as a kid wasn't there to keep him from falling apart when his son died in the war. Um So all of these things, he sees how he has impacted people's lives and he is important and he should stick around and so he does stick around.
2: (laughs) So I have a little bit of trivia for you. Yes, please. So in this alternate universe, Mr. Potter had taken over the town and it's Pottersville. Well, in the original draft of the script, the character of Mr. Potter didn't exist. George was shown a reality in which he became a powerful and corrupt politician himself. And the climax of the film was quite different, as good George Bailey fought his evil doppelganger, a battle that resulted in the death of the evil George Bailey when he was thrown from the bridge.
1: Oh my so, gosh, that's terrible. A very,
2: very different original idea for the movie. film.
1: That would be a very different... <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't go that way. Um, so George is brought back to a world where there is a George Bailey and he rushes home and he's just so happy to see his kids and his wife and his house, regardless of how broken down his house might mm-hmm. be. And he's happy even though he's still in the situation where he will probably be arrested and the company's definitely going to go under and all these things looming, he's captured essentially what's important in life, right? Family, friends. And so friends speaking of his wife had been out looking for him all night while he was gone because she was worried sick about him, And she ended up connecting with people in the community that he had helped and they all flock into his house with all of this money to bail him out. And like all this money and more, like it's not just the eight grand, it's above and beyond. Um, And so that's the iconic scene you see when George is holding, holding Zazu and the bell rings. And she said, daddy, every time a bell rings an angel gets his wings. And so George has a smile on his face, you know, way to go. Clarence. Realized,
2: yep. <clears throat> cause
1: he realizes Clarence got his wings cause he did a good
2: thing good job clans and and the original version of this film that was in theaters had ode to joy playing at the end not all the same
1: okay interesting when did they change it i think 10 years
2: 10 years later or so when they needed to be a christmas movie
1: the anxiety is not how do you say it how do you say the words
0: I don't know. Okay. that's not a Christmas song. That's old a New and, Year song.
1: Old Lang Syne. Yeah, it's not actually a Christmas not a New Year song. song.
0: It's been appropriated as New Year's. Well, definitely is not a Christmas, Christmas song? song. No, it's neither. <laughs> it was just a, it's a song by Robert Burns or a poem by Robert Burns. Okay. Who so also
1: wrote the
0: Louse, which is one of my, which is a very fun poem to read, like a lice. Uh huh. Louse. Oh, I didn't write yeah. that
2: one. So I'm gonna. I want to talk about why I don't think this is a Christmas movie. Okay. And then, Tom, you can rebuff, or whoever. Julia, but you agree, Julia, that's not. So I'm I don't think it's a Christmas you. movie. So for me... Okay, so you can view this story... It's kind of like a midlife crisis, almost. You can picture you having like a really bad day at work, which is what happened to him, on top of bad days, and it's just, this could happen at any time. For me, this
0: is more like a midlife crisis moment for this guy almost in a way. Anthony, and, you're speaking as if this is striking near to your life right now. Oh, gosh. it feels very personal. <laughs> well, which
2: one of you is my skies? Show <laughs> Sure, <laughs> world <laughs> without Anthony. Sure, it's not where, me, because if so, where, you where, oh, yeah. everyone's,
0: where everyone's happy. Your host. <laughs> Sure um, hope it's not me, Anthony.
2: <laughs> no, but that's what I view it as. This, is, this could have happened anytime. This could have more easily been for me a film that would have made more sense thematically to take place on New Year's Eve or his birthday, even, just based on this theme of the world's be better off without me. Like, when you're reflecting on the year ahead and the years gone by, like, that's. It didn't give me. Like this movie gives me feelings, but that's not necessarily the Christmas feelings. The scenery looked nice, it's set at Christmas, but you could take the Christmas out of it and it wouldn't change a darn thing in the end. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel that way about a lot of movies though. You could have taken you could have moved Die Hard. Die Hard could have been a New Year's movie just as easily, but we said it was a Christmas movie. I feel the same I feel this is just as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard. I feel Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie.
1: So I'm with Anthony on this one because I feel like the redeeming scene at the end of the movie, like those people didn't flock to George Bailey's house because they were in the Christmas spirit to try and save George Bailey. They flocked to George Bailey's house to try and save him because of George Bailey. Not George Bailey Christmas, not George Bailey at any other point, but because George Bailey the character was so giving in his own life that they were returning that sentiment or while that might be maximized, to the
2: story
1: Well, that is the story. I mean, that is right. the story. Um, and so for me, like you can take the Christmas out of that and it doesn't change the story, except the bell ringing, which they probably could have found another way around that um, with diehard. And we we acknowledged with Die Hard that it was a very fine line that it was or was not a Christmas movie. For me, John McClane is in a bad spot. And I feel like it is the Christmas that flips him at that moment because he is not with his family and kids and blah, blah, and it's Christmas. Again, it's fine. <laughs> We're not talking a Christmas carol here. <laughs> We're talking Die Hard.
2: But- well, and, and, and that's a difference too, right? A Christmas carol... They did a good job of tying all of his memory, his worst memories into Christmas, right? All of his worst flashbacks. That could have easily been like a story like that could easily have not been Christmas. They could have said it on Christmas Eve, but like had his memories not dealt with Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we might've been saying, I don't think it would have been as beloved or iconic as it is nowadays had it been the case, but they could have easily gone that route, a similar route. Mm-hmm. where he was seeing a bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with the holiday or his right. association with it.
1: Oh, So all that being said, I love that this movie is set at Christmas. It makes me very happy. I love the downtown scenes with the bells. I love the snow. There is something about snow and cold that makes you feel very lonely. So they definitely used that, I feel like, to set him apart in that. I mean, it's Capra, right? It's that cold, overcoat, rain, hunched over <laughs> – body mm-hmm. moving down the, the wet street. So I totally get that. I'm glad it's set at Christmas. But for me, watching that it, this at Christmas just happens to be the time I watch it. I could watch it in July and enjoy it just as much. Mm-hmm. So I adore this movie. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, but it's not, my fa- it's not a Christmas movie to me.
0: So why is it to you, Tom? Yeah. I get the Christmas feels at the end. That's valid. I do. It's valid. It's valid. I get him. It's nice and Christmassy. I like the tree. I do think the setting has something to do with it because Christmas is, um, this is all a difficult time for him more so than usual. Um, there are all the expectations that come with Christmas that we know that he's feeling as a father. Um, yeah. So is
1: this in your, now that you've seen it in its entirety and you recognize that you've seen it in its entirety, is this going to be in your Christmas canon?
0: Absolutely. Christine and I both said 100%. Do
1: you think Allie would enjoy it?
0: She did not. She, she was did not. very bored.
1: I did notice. So it had been a bit since I'd seen it in its entirety. Like in a sitcom. It's, li- it's a little long. It is a little long. It is long. There are times it feels a little long. Um, but it's like, you know, since I know it's going to happen, I stick around for it and it's totally fine. <laughs> but, it,
2: it, it's funny because I always forget that – yeah, and you brought it up earlier, Julia, that we really don't see this alternate universe until like the last half an hour of the film. Like so, right. it's so yeah. set up and that's obviously the thing – one of the things people think about when they – immediately think about when they think of this film. It's that alternate world without George Bailey and uh, we don't – that's not the main thrust of the film. It's not really um, that important. No, but it's funny because this is, like, it's similar to A Christmas Carol. A lot of TV shows do their own twist on It's a Wonderful Life. A lot of lesser movies have done their own twist on It's a Wonderful Life. And they tend to make that the main thrust of those episodes or films, the alternate universe. So
0: it's just funny going back and watching it
2: it and seeing it's not. How little
0: that really fit into it. I thought the same thing watching it for the first time. It was like, I was watching it and I'm like, this is really, like, his... His alternate universe is a subplot in here, really. Yeah. So the, question the whole the whole is. movie is the whole movie is building up and building this empathy with with George, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When he's on the phone with his daughter's
2: teacher, what did he say to her in the version you watched? It wasn't good.
1: Oh. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Was it about
2: sending her home in the rain? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it was originally, uh, he tells her it was something about how it was unacceptable to send her home half-naked.
0: Oh, that's what, cha- that's what I
2: heard. That's naked, what I heard,
1: yeah.
2: too. Because there are two different versions. Some versions still show the rain. And then they edited the naked line back in later on. Huh. So it was a naked line in the theatrical cut. Then when it first got the rights for television, they changed it to the rain. And then at some point further down the line, they changed it back. And now there are two versions floating around.
1: Interesting. Is the one that you saw, the color one that we watched, had the half naked? Yes.
0: Half naked. Yeah.
1: That's what I remembered too. So are there any favorite
2: quotes or scenes in this movie? Yes. Why don't you kick us off? My favorite... Scene is the end where he's happy and loving life, and then the bell rings, and the star is like, "Daddy, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wing." I always love that. That's the iconic line for me in this movie. I don't think that's so flop stupid. I'm happy for Clarence in that moment. So I that's my favorite. Did
0: not like that line. I found it really obnoxious. I find you really obnoxious. So that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> It's not the first time I've heard that. I think my favorite scene I really liked seeing how supportive Mary was of George when they go into the uh the the right when they're on their way to their honeymoon, right? And they have this fat wad of cash and they're excited about everything they're going to do and there's a run on the the building and loan business. And everybody wants money and they're going to give everything to Potter and instead um mary says well here we can pay you with this i really like to come together to save the town the town being much more important
1: i love that too like she's just as good as he is
0: Mm -hmm. they're both together
1: the lasso the moon scene with them in their mismatched clothes because they fall into the pool like that whole thing start to finish
0: wearing clothes she's not
1: not at that point. Well, no, she is. She's wearing a robe at that point. Right. But that whole scene is so funny to me. It's hilarious. And sweet and just like, I loved Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart like from this moment on.
2: So, so one of the poignant quotes I like in this movie is when Clarence tells Jimmy, it's strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he?
0: That... That's that whole that part was cool. The seeing the butterfly effect. Um, what I did not like at all was I didn't like the scene where he went to Mary's house. I didn't understand the purpose of that of his anger and hostility there. Felt very out of character. I guess we were still trying to see that George had a, a jerk side even back in the day. Yeah, and that I'm always
1: confused about, me too, when he's real I aggressive with how much he loves her. It's like
0: there, a well,
1: split...
2: <clears throat> I think it was to show, to your point, Julia, that he was not a perfect guy. It was to humanize mm-hmm. him a little bit. That nobody's perfect.
0: But you don't go that it, angry it was, and mean to right, making it, it, it. Yeah, it felt very inauthentic. Right. Um, the that other part, part always, I really when I was
1: young, that part scared me as a kid.
0: I can see why. The other part I didn't wasn't really a big fan of was during the flashback scene when he accosts Mary and. The only thing she does is pass out. <laughs> like, like, Yeah, like uh, she's
1: completely changed an, the person that another, she
0: is. Right, well, another 40s movie where women faint every time something goes wrong.
1: <laughs> I've always loved when Mary and George are giving the martinis their house, basically, when they're handing it over. Yeah. And they say, bread that this house will never know, hunger, salt that life may always have flavor, and wine that joy and prosperity may reign forever.
0: I thought that would be like a cool like gift basket to make for people when they get a house. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And write that really on there.
1: Mm-hmm. I also like I, when George stands up for all the stuff that his dad had done. The first time he stands up against Potter, and he has that long speech with you know Potter's who he is because it's on the backs of the people in the town, and yeah. and you, you really first. It's the first time you see George. And Step He has a
2: that wonderful, he has a wonderful line. My dad, as far as I'm concerned, he died a richer man than you'll ever be.
0: I yep. really like that. Yep. Yeah. I like all of the scenes where he's telling Potter off.
2: Yeah, basically. <laughs> Isn't it curious that uh, J.K. Rowling picked that? That, that? that, that J.K. Rowling, yeah, got the Potter name from this movie and gave it to her hero.
1: That is interesting. I
2: don't hate this movie.
1: That's good. Do you like it more than White Christmas?
2: I do. But White Christmas was, I said that one wasn't a Christmas movie either, but White Christmas is more of a Christmas movie to me than this film is. You're not a Christmas movie. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are we ready to rank? I'm ready.
2: Uh, Uh,
0: First of all, does it pass the Linus test? Yes.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Does it pass the Linus test? Yes.
0: We can actually add George Bailey to that. We now have the Scrooge test, the George Bailey test, and the Linus test. And the Grinch test. And the Grinch test.
2: And The Grinch Test. Well, man, somebody should do a painting of, you know, the dogs playing poker, of those guys sitting around playing poker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to come in again and let you know, I think we need a different list for movies that we deem as not Christmas, because... But then, then, like, how...
2: But how does that, like, if we're not in agreement,
1: then? No, you're right. I don't know how we would do it. But for my own selfish
2: purposes. That was a nice thing. Listening back to that rare Sports episode that we did with Filmstrip podcast, where yeah, they just small, had a, medium, small, large, small, medium, or large, large popcorn. Yep. <laughs> That's it. But this is, it's like back to work. We are doing the hard work for our listeners here.
0: 9.95. No hard work involved. I'm so glad you ranked it that high. Cause
1: I got to come in at a 5.8 all because of Christmas.
0: Who's going into the new year as the fan favorite? Oh, it's going to be me. me. Definitely. And I'm going not
2: much lower than you, actually, Julia. I'm going a 5.5. Which is why I gave Joyous Noel. So <clears throat> that gives us an average of 7.083. Which puts it at number... <laughs> that puts that number... <clears throat> that puts that number 24 on our list between... The Christmas Chronicles at number 23, and number, and the nativis, Nativity Story at number 25.
1: I and don't even Tom, feel good about this one, but I, I can't.
0: I, and Tom looks like he's fuming. I just think y'all made a bad choice, and I'm embarrassed to be associated with you both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I, for one, at least, really love this movie. It's just I not like,
2: Christmas to me. I, I,
1: yeah. It's good enough to be watched any day of the year. And have exactly the same satisfaction.
2: I wonder if I would like it more if so many people didn't associate it with Christmas. I get very angry when I hear people do that. So I wonder if that's where a lot of my dislike for this movie comes in. But
1: I don't know. It's so funny because it was just never, it's never been a Christmas movie to me. Like ever. I- but that doesn't make me, so I don't get angry when people think it's a Christmas movie because I totally get you know tom's feelings and most of our other listeners like that were commenting today i totally get it but for me personally it's just it's just not cuz i've never thought of it as a christmas movie ever
2: same here and that's
1: not a bad thing for me
2: same here and there have been times in the past i specifically during the Christmas season, pulled it out on the most Christmassy nights when it's snowing outside, when the lights are up, and I'm like, this will make me like it more. This will make me see it. And it doesn't work. I'll have to try pulling it out in like midsummer. Maybe I'll like it better. Because <clears throat> I only do. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I do only watch it in. A,
1: well, listeners, a lot of y'all have already weighed in on your your opinions of the movie, but we want to keep that coming. Um, we have lots of different places you can do that in one easy place, one easy way to get to all of our social media. All you have to do is go to com slash Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, Reddit. Um, so pick your poison and come talk to us about where does this fall in your movie list? Is it a Christmas movie? Is it a movie set at Christmas? How much do you love it? Um, I would really love to know that as well.
2: And I would love to know, I have a question for you guys. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, too. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? That's part one of the question, because then I have a question specifically for you guys. Well, I don't do New Year's resolutions. No. Me either. Yay! (laughs) But my part two is, what do you think we can improve about the show... This year,
0: a resolution for the show. Oh, I, I don't do resolutions. <laughs> well, then change the word. <laughs> I feel like we're good enough, we're smart enough, and doggone it, people like us.
1: People like so, us. <laughs>
0: so, I have two. I have two I think we can get better at, honestly. Okay. Every
2: time, every year we've done this so far, and we're going on to year three. <laughs> This past year and the year before, when we hit August, we're like, Christmas season's really busy, we should try to stockpile some stuff, so when it gets busy or we get sick or anything, we have it all, but then yeah. we're always scrambling last minute. I would like to get better, but I do feel <laughs> bad for our listeners and just for our own ratings, missing the last show of the year, and... And just for our own sanity, like trying to record a story, like a story can be recorded any part of the year. Why do we wait until like the
0: weekend before Christmas to do it? You know? <laughs> so I feel like we could get better at that. I did my part. I picked it early in the year. So I'm just blaming you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um,
2: and just being kind of more consistent at least once a month with Patreon something for yep. listeners. I, f-
1: I would like that as well. I'll second that one i'd love to be more mindful and stockpile like i would absolutely that would be great i would really love that but i think we need to give our patreon friends more love right.
0: i've got february oh, covered for them
2: Woo-hoo. well then we should definitely figure out something for january well let us know patrons what would you like what to do you care? want do you want yeah I would special do episode yeah what you want Tell you what I want. What I really, really want. Oh
1: man, we could have done without that Spice Girls <laughs> rendition, couldn't we?
0: <laughs> uh, I did see. Since we now know there's a baby Yoda, there's got to be a sporty Yoda, and a, I don't know anymore. I saw that. Yeah, but. <laughs> so I would also like to. Um,
2: Amazon, if you have empty boxes, are teaming up with local charities. To so. Um, if you have clothes and such you want to donate, if you visit givebackbox.com, they'll provide you with a free shipping label, and you could just drop it off for USPS to be at USPS or have it picked up at your home. That way you can get rid of your empty boxes and do something nice too. Keep that in mind. I saw you if you're post looking, that. It's really cool. If you're looking to get rid of some clutter around the house. So next week, we are covering bbc fx's a christmas carol which people have strong opinions on starring what's his name Julia's manly man guy guy pierce guy pierce <laughs> i didn't Pearce. say he was a
1: manly man no
2: you said the jawline. that's
1: it. yeah he's got a chiseled jaw for sure
2: so we're covering that next week and the week after we're covering the christmas episodes of frasier so that's a lot that was a lot. <laughs> it was a Who lot. picked Frasier? No. That me? would be me. You may I have to split Frasier. them up like you did the Simpsons ones. Maybe do, since there are 11 seasons, maybe do five this year, six and Whatever you want to do. It's your week. Oh, and we'll get one? to
1: add a new tab. We're we will get
2: to add a new tab. I can't wait to see years Tom's from now favorite. how many tabs we have.
1: <laughs> what I don't like <laughs> is a <our> countdown. <laughs> a little different from the last episode that we have so we're only 8,520 hours away from christmas
2: that's only
0: only 355 days you realize putting the word only in front of it doesn't make it seem any better right anthony because no matter what i say that's still 50 weeks
2: you know what
0: that's only 50 episodes
2: that's nothing. We, see, right. we start off every year saying how long it's going to be, but
0: this show really does speed up the year. And for that, I am me. grateful. You sounded like Tosh, and that was not good. And for that, I we hate thank that you. Guy. I Everybody does.
1: So, good news is 50 weeks, 355 days, and 8,520 hours is probably enough time for you to feel pretty confident you can get stuff done for next Christmas.
2: That's true. Hope so. And I'm interested to cover Christmas Carol right after It's Wonderful Life, as unconventional version as it is.
0: I am not interested in
2: covering this episode
0: this movie at all. I
1: haven't seen it yet.
2: Well, I'm not interested in talking to you at all, Tom, so... <laughs> That's hurtful, Anthony. And on that note, do your homework, y'all. Yay, Anthony said
1: yo! Happy 2020, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye before God and days of old